if it wasn't clear the first time, Sammy, I didn't think that was a good transition. <laughs> you could have said something like, oh, had we needed to negotiate with TSA, we could have used our tactics, which this is not what this episode is about <laughs> at all. Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go. Find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do. With status post Adulting. Hey, status post adulting fam. This is Sammy and Michelle, and you are listening to the 35th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are talking about negotiations. But first, let me check in with my co host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm good, Sammy. I've been really enjoying being back in the Bay, wrapping up our travel for the year, especially since. A hundred percent of the time that we have traveled this summer, you have gotten randomly selected by TSA. That's right, people. Sammy here. I am being targeted by the TSA. I was wondering if maybe this happens to you all the time, and now that I have TSA pre-check, I can tell. But it's uh, it got a little ugly last time. Yeah, it got ugly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those people were angry. So first of all, there I was going through TSA project, nothing wrong with my bags at all, but I had been randomly selected. And you think that if I was randomly selected, I would not be treated like a criminal, which is exactly what happened. I think you get randomly selected because they think you're a criminal. <laughs> I do not know where these people get their information. Anyways, so this man who worked at TSA was telling me he needed to rub some stuff on my phone and all my electronics. So I was like, okay. And so I started to gather my bags. And then he started literally yelling at me and he's like, stop it, stop it, put that down. Do not touch anything without me telling you. It was very aggressive. It was honestly more aggressive than that. Yeah, honestly, Sammy was being very nice. She's like, okay. And she's like, started gathering his things. And he's like, listen to me, ma'am. You have been randomly selected. And I'm not going to lie, Sammy. I didn't think I would ever do it, but I backed away. I was like, I do not know this woman who looks <laughs> very similar to me. We sound the same. Yes, we have a podcast together. I'm not sure if you know status post adulting for the line. But yeah, I was like, um, you know, someone might need to call our parents in case this gets ugly. Yeah, literally Michelle fully abandoned me and just like ran off. Meanwhile, because I could not remove my bag, everybody else's bags were piling up behind my bags. This nice family was like, ma'am, can you just like pick up your bag? And I'm like, no, like I literally <laughs> cannot pick up my bag unless I've been instructed to do so. Like I cannot touch it. And then they just were giving me this weird look. And then he was whispering something to his mom about how I had been targeted by the TSA. And that's why I wasn't allowed to move anything. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was like that famous scene in I Love Lucy where they're like gathering the chocolates and they can't gather them fast enough. There's like a giant pile up. That was the TSA pre-check line. Luckily, there's like five people in that line. But let me tell you, they were eyeing Sammy and they were not thrilled. Yes, fortunately, this time my phone did pass the test. Last time, I don't know why the first test was failed. I'm not sure what they're checking for. This time I passed with no problem. And they eventually did let me through. And I was there to greet you like a great <laughs> sister. 
lingering in the bookstore was Michelle just <laughs> waiting for me. Look, what would be the use of them arresting both of us? Anyway, as I said before, this is our 35th episode. We are talking about negotiations and why, because it is super important. This episode is about negotiations, specifically through the lens of negotiating a salary. Assuming you've gotten an offer to a new job and you want to take a couple steps to negotiate your salary. I'm really excited about this topic, Sammy, because it's totally nerve-wracking, but it's so, so important. Since I have a lot of experience in negotiations, I've been in sales for a really long time. And outside of that, I've also worked for a recruitment company. So I've spoken to hundreds of recruiters and I know what they've looked for over time. I want to give a little bit of my perspective on how to successfully negotiate a higher salary or at least try. Yes, Michelle is excellent at this. And I'm so happy she's here to inform us because it's really a lesson I could use myself. So Michelle, tell us, where do we even start with negotiations? I am going to say this, and I know it will sound obvious, but the first step and the most important thing about negotiating your salary is you have to ask for more. It does seem obvious, and I will say I've pretty much never done it. So (laughs) it is a good thing to bring up. No, Sammy, it's true. One of the biggest things when I'm talking to my friends, or this happens to a lot of times in sales too, when you're coaching someone through a conversation with a customer, a lot of times they'll have a laundry list of reasons why somebody can't do something. And I'll ask, I'll say, hey, well, what did they say when you asked? And they're like, oh, well, I didn't ask. And there is nothing that's going to cut your success rate of negotiating if you don't even get involved in the conversation. You have to ask, you have to be willing to open the door and have that conversation. I don't care if it's your first job, if you're switching industries, let me tell you, it's 2021, it is a job seekers market, and even if it's just going to be a practice opportunity for you, you really do have to at least ask. The thing is, is that there are so many different reasons why a company might say no to you for everything from systemic reasons, your recruiter is quitting the next week, this happened to one of my friends. (laughs) There are so many different reasons and it's totally valid that you might get turned down. But if you don't ask, you'll never be able to point back to that opportunity and say it was something else. The way I see it is at least if you ask, can they say no? You have the right to complain later down the line. You can say, well, I asked and now Sam over here is making the buku bucks and I am not. That's a great point that you bring up, Michelle. I think a lot of us, I know me, think this company can't afford to pay me what I deserve to get paid. I don't want to be rude by asking, but I think it's so important to ask because later down the line, people will ask and they'll get paid more, which they deserve because they actually took the initiative to ask the question. I'll even disagree with you there for a second, Sammy, in that I think it's totally unfair that people who don't negotiate for a living are compensated based off of how well they negotiate in their job interview process. A lot of people don't even know that you can ask or to your point, they think the company is already giving them the best offer that they can. They think that they will somehow lose the opportunity. I know there are stories out there, if you look online, where Someone asked for more money and their opportunity was completely taken away. But the truth is, is if a company has given you an offer, they're already in a place where they have decided they want you, 
They've gone through the whole interview process with you, whatever that looks like. And they would love for nothing more than to get to a good negotiated wage with you so that they can get you started. A fact you told me that I find really helpful, Michelle, is just making me aware of the onboarding cost. When they bring new people on over and over again, or even just interviewing people, like there is a cost to that. And the company wants to end that and hurry up and get someone locked in. That's a great point, Sammy. Companies pay to post their jobs, to advertise their jobs. They pay recruitment firms to find people. It doesn't matter what level role you have, especially right now. It is very competitive to find and fill job seats. And so if they're talking to you, they would much rather be able to have a conversation with you and find a happy medium than go back in the market and find somebody new. So I'm thinking, Michelle, about my own experience and when I've interviewed for jobs. There's literally been jobs where I interview just to interview and then I rejected the job and they come back with a higher offer and I was never even intending on negotiating. But when it actually comes to the moment of negotiation for like a job I want, I don't even really know how to have that conversation. Sammy, that's a really good point and one I want to highlight too. People often do find that when they're interviewing for jobs and they find that they're not as excited about the job or they know they're going to turn it down because they're so sure and ready to walk away from that opportunity, that's when all of a sudden they hear, oh, okay, we'll go more, we'll add more, whatever it is. And that should be a sign to you as well that nothing changes when you want the job and you do want to take that role or you do think it's a great opportunity. The only thing that changes is your mindset. Now, you are in the position of wanting, and so you feel like you don't have negotiating leverage. I do have a negotiating tidbit that I think is really, really important. Never, ever, as much as you possibly can, do not give your number first. This is straight out of even Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, Negotiating 101, When you are negotiating, whoever gives the number up first is going to be at a disadvantage when it comes to being at the negotiating table. So when it comes to things like compensation, if they ask me directly, I will often say, I'm looking for something competitive, something that matches my skills that's competitive with this area. Or I have a friend that says, I believe my skills match the upper quartile of this position. Anything you can to just dance around it. I will go bend backwards. So this has happened to me before. Like, let's say they say something like, what did you get paid at your last job? Then what do you say? I was making a competitive rate for the area. And if they push, I'll say, I don't feel comfortable sharing that information. You do not have to share that information. And it's not something that should affect how much you're going to get paid at your new role. Okay, I understand you don't want to share that information, but how much do you want to get paid or how much do you think a reasonable wage would be at this job? And that's the other part of this that I think is very important. How to get them to say their number first, which is something on the lines of what does compensation look like for this role? What do you have budgeted for this position? Those are questions I ask because they are not just pulling a number out of thin air in that moment. They know what their rate is. They know what their range is. And so they should be able to give you a number, especially at the end. I mean, at that point, usually they should give you an offer of some sort. 
I will say something that I want to normalize outside of sales positions, because sales is a role that people know your money motivated, it's not weird to ask what the actual compensation looks like in your literal first conversation. And I think everybody should do that. In the first phone screen you're having with the recruiter, ideally a conversation you're having that's like the initial conversation. My last question always is, and my last question is, what does compensation look like for this position? My last question is, what do you have budgeted for this role? If I can early on get them to say a number or a range, I know and I'll keep in mind, okay, whatever their higher number is, that's the number I'm going to try to negotiate upwards. Wow. That is so interesting because literally I was just talking to some of my coworkers and they were like, oh yeah, I didn't mention pay or anything because I don't want the recruiter to think I'm just greedy or switching for money, which is of course a factor in any time you switch a job. I never understand that. I don't think it's actually that popular. I don't really hear recruiters ever say that. It does happen sometimes, but usually it's if they really are struggling to pay people. That's when they're like, oh, well, you know, you should really love this opportunity. But understand that you're looking for a job. You are not volunteering. You are not Mother Teresa. (laughs) You are trying to get paid. You're trying to get paid something. So to ask about compensation is not crazy. And I think that if you ask about it nicely, you tie it in however you want, or like I said, I do it at the end as my final question with a recruiter, then I've never had any sort of issues with it. And I don't think it's actually that crazy. The other way to look at it, right, is if this company does really like you, they don't want to find out too late in the game that the compensation doesn't match what you're looking for. And quite frankly, you don't want to go through the whole interview process if compensation is completely out of your ballpark. That's a good point, Michelle. And I've had companies deliberately not mention compensation till the very end. And of course, it's because it was low. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, that's wasting a lot of time. So I think that's a really great point that you brought up there too. Yeah, it's funny, Sammy. I've had the opposite situation sometimes where they can tell that there is a level mismatch and right up front, they're like, yeah, we only pay X amount for this salary. Is that really what you're looking for? And I'm like, oh, sorry, no. (laughs) But yeah, one, don't give up your number too early. Don't say it at the beginning. If they ask you what you're looking for after you ask them what they're giving, I want a competitive salary, competitive hourly wage, looking in the top quartile. I I don't care if it's obvious that you're doing gymnastics, trying to avoid it. Do not give your number. Because as soon as you give your number, that will be your ceiling for a negotiation. One thing I would also like to add, it is better to ask someone like the recruiter, if that's the person you're talking to first. You don't want to be in a conversation with the VP of sales, in my case, having a conversation about strategy and what they're looking for. And then at that point saying, oh, and what do you guys do for compensation? That is not a time to be asking a question like that. It's good to just ask that up front, again, to wrap up your conversation typically. I'm learning a lot here, Michelle. I will say that. (laughs) I remember one interview I had. I was like, and then at the upper range, I get paid $80 an hour, (laughs) depending on this kind of shift. And she's like, oh, so like, dear, yeah, yeah, we can definitely do that. That was literally the recruiter. She's probably like, oh, honey, bless. (laughs) I mean, I'll do you one better. My first salary job, I was going to a sales position. It was really important for me to at least try to negotiate. I knew I would take the role regardless, but I wanted to ask for more. And the recruiter, I kid you not, after I asked her, she said to me, didn't you tell me you were making minimum wage in Michigan? I have never told someone 
what I make ever since then. <laughs> they will never hear me say it again. And that was my first sales lesson, really, when it comes to negotiation, which is don't be chatting your little self off and drop in information. They don't need to know that this is a huge opportunity for you in your first job with health insurance. <laughs> I'm just a small town girl. <laughs> me, California is so nice. <laughs> Wow, they make so much money. (laughs) So yeah, don't be like me. There is no need for you to tell people what you make. And I would avoid doing so. It rarely becomes an awkward situation. I would say maybe once or twice it has been. But I usually just avoid dodge as much as possible. You know, one thing I will say, Michelle, even though I may not have negotiated my salary, I do negotiate other things. Like, for example, I work four days a week, and that's pretty cool. And also, at my current job, when I first got hired on, I said, I definitely need two weeks vacation in September, or I will not take this job. Didn't want to be dramatic, but it was true. So yeah, I think there's other things that can be leveraged too. Sammy, that's a really great point. There are so many other things that you can get instead of a higher salary. I say always ask for the higher salary or higher hourly wage, but there are other things you can get too. Sign-on bonuses, sign-on bonuses. People, people are getting big sign-on bonuses. Hmm. I did not know this. This is the thing. Especially if you've been in your space for a while, make sure you're asking for a sign-on bonus, even if you're not. It's great for companies because it's not a reoccurring thing they owe you. A lot of times they do require you to stay for a year, so don't spend that sign-on bonus all in one place. And if they're working with an external recruiter, sometimes they don't have to pay the external recruiter a certain percentage of that because it's not your salary. So that's another way to get more money. Pay for relocation. I've gotten that in the past. More PTO is a really good one. A delayed start. Someone's not giving me the salary I want. I will definitely be taking a little bit of time off between starting this job. And equity is another one and also a higher title. Sometimes you can say, okay, cool. Here's a freebie. Make me a senior. I would like to be assistant to the regional manager (laughs) if I'm going to be taking this role. Not assistant regional manager. Or it's service. We'll double check it for you, Sam. (laughs) The one other thing that I think is actually really important when it comes to negotiating your salary is during the interview process, try to build a champion within the people that you're speaking to. I would say usually not the recruiter. (laughs) No offense. Recruiter's trying to get the seat filled. They're not the person who's dying to get you in, but your hiring manager, somebody that you're interviewing with, obviously that's above you and that you'll be working with in some capacity, have somebody that is really looking out for you. Because at the end of the day, if you ask for more money or something else, somebody has to go to whoever it is at the company that makes these decisions and actually ask to get you what you want. And so you want that person to go to bat for you. I've noticed a huge difference when my hiring manager is doing that for me versus I've had situations where I've asked the recruiter, they've done nothing. And then my hiring manager was the one that went and fought the good fight for me. Your negotiation will be so much easier if you have a champion within the organization. That's a really good point, Michelle, because one thing I think about is sometimes after I get hired, somebody on the team will be like, oh my gosh, I really wanted you to get hired. Like it can be like someone completely random in the process, but you don't realize how they're secretly pulling for you the whole time. So that's a good point. Like get someone to be your champion. Exactly, Sammy. And the key to that is make sure you treat everybody with respect during the whole process. 
and ask questions, engage, write those thank you emails. If you end up going to talk to somebody else above them, circle back with the person you had the original conversation with and say, hey, I had such a great time talking to so-and-so. They showed me X, Y, Z. Love that about your company. Or even just ask some questions. Hey, I have my conversation with the SVP tomorrow. I'm preparing X, Y, Z. Is there anything else that you think that I should prepare? Those type of things make it so that people are invested in you. And again, once it comes to the actual negotiations portion, they're going to be the one saying, hey, we want Sammy. And I don't want this little bit of chump change that is a rounding error for this company to be the reason that we don't hire her. Thanks, Michelle. I would hire you, Sammy. I appreciate that. Uh, It is unpaid. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michelle, I've definitely learned a lot this episode. And if I had to pull away some takeaways, I would say, one, you have to ask. Two, don't give away your number. And part of that is ask them for their number first. Three, negotiate other things like relocation, sign-on bonus, delayed start time, other things. And lastly, build a champion within the organization. I think those are all really good tips and not necessarily super obvious tips. And the best part about it, I think, is they're tips that can be used for almost any type of job. I agree, Sammy. Anytime that you're interviewing for a role, no matter where you are in your work journey, there is opportunity to ask for more. Sometimes you might ask and you might not get it, but if you don't ask, you definitely won't get it. When it comes to asking for more, it doesn't have to be a crazy science either. It can be as simple as, thank you so much for that offer. I find that X amount is a little bit more competitive for the area. I've been hearing in my conversations a little bit higher of a number. I've been expecting X, Y, Z. I I will say one quick thing that I actually disagree with, a hot take from me. I would not quote a glass door or indeed salary wage in your interview process. You can use that if you want to look at what the actual averages are in your area. But what I find is that they're actually typically lower than what the salary is. I don't know why. Maybe because people are shot callers, hot ballers aren't going on those websites and putting up their salaries. Who knows? But what ends up happening actually is that employers will claim that it's high for the industry. So if you say something like, oh, I saw on Glassdoor that account executives make $250,000 a year. What I've actually heard from my peers is that they'll negate your numbers. So I would just instead say vaguely, that what you've been hearing in other interviews, in your conversations, whatever it is, don't ever tell them that it's just you interviewing with them. What I would do is I would just phrase it in a way that suggests that you've been having conversations with other companies and have a more competitive salary, say, in mind. This has been really helpful, Michelle, just normalizing the conversation around salaries and making that a very important point in looking for a new job because when is it not an important point in looking for a new job? It's a helpful thing to know. Exactly, Sammy. And I encourage you to be open with your friends and your peers. Practice with the people that you know. I practice with my friends all the time. Honestly, if any of you guys are going through a negotiations conversation and you want to talk to me, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to. I love having these conversations. And I'm super, super passionate about people getting the salary they deserve. This is how she gets her jolly people. I have a sick pleasure from it. Outside of that, 
for this week, Sammy, I do have something for our content corner. Tell me more. I have been binging the podcast, Dear Therapist. I really enjoy it. You basically get to be a fly on the wall for their therapy sessions. I've taken away things that I've applied to my own life. Overall, I think Guy Winch and Lori Gottlieb do a really good job. Lori Gottlieb wrote Maybe You Should Talk to Somebody, which is a book that I really loved, which is why I went to go and see if she had more interviews out there. And then when I found Dear Therapist, I was super excited to give it a shot. And I find myself just going through it every single day because I love listening into those conversations. Is it actual people who are having a therapy session? It's actually robots having therapy sessions. Oh. No, I'm joking. Yes, it's an actual. They have someone come on anonymously and they do a therapy session with them. Wow. Yeah, so I would recommend that. If you listen to it and enjoy it, let us know. If you have any questions about negotiations, if you like this and you want us to do a follow-up or if you have more questions, let us know. Send us a DM at our Instagram page at statuspostadulting. Shoot us an email, statuspostadulting at gmail.com and let us know what you think. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.